0: Inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line. A shot on Elo. Go! The Bulls win. the win it! Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. One to one hundred. We pass. Oh, stop it! Stop it!
1: Don't do him like that. What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? Derrick Rose can go upstairs. I want to go higher. Gets fast deflected. Stolen by Noah. No on the runway. No with a right-handed dunk. Counted the foul. I don't
0: believe what I just saw. Here comes Chicago. 17 seconds. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship.
2: Yo, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode five of the new rebranded out of retirement three alphas. I,
0: do we have to be rebranded every time? This is episode five. <laughs> we're, we're, they people know, man. They're, we're back.
2: Well, if they don't know that now they know. Do you like that? Stop. Yeah. Stop dropping, that. dropping rap lyrics. Yeah. No. It's about as
0: good as your Lil Wayne on the Fireman joke.
2: <laughs> probably the worst joke of all time. This is episode five, though, of the Three Office Podcast. My name is Joe. I'm joined by my two boys, Dan Meehan and Ross Reed. What's up, gentlemen? What's up?
0: Uh, not a whole lot. Just enjoying a beautiful sunny day in the shy. How about that? Perfect
2: out. Oh. Ross is uh, recording from his end outside. Dan and I are stuck.
0: I'm in my 66-degree air-conditioned department. I'm not going outside. I am very pasty. I am, like, some people, they're like, I get burned, I get color, I tan. I burn, peel, burn. There's no, like, there's no. It's like, your- well, yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. You, you, look like? What would you look like head-to-toe burn? Because you got there. You got-
0: Blake Griffin when he's really mad.
2: I'm not gonna be able to get that visual out of my head now. The entire <laughs> show.
0: Hey, he's my cousin, man. All right. <laughs> just the ginger parts of him, though. Nothing else.
2: So we have uh, a couple. <laughs> I, we have.
0: I just remembered we did the ginger starting lineup last episode.
2: <laughs> and we were searching. we had Scott Brady in the starting five. I forget who no, else. No, God,
0: added. we gotta stop that. Blake Griffin was there.
2: Yeah, he was Matt one of the last honored. ones we added, though. Actually. Okay, okay, we're not
0: recapping that. Sorry. <laughs>
2: You on your own. We have an on this date. Today is uh, T-Mac's 41st birthday. The uh, almost one time. Actually, no. Well, did you guys see that, uh, that article that came out? I forget. It. Was it um, Corey Benjamin said that he was told by T-Mac and Jermaine O'Neal that the Bulls were not going to give them max deals during a free yes. push? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I wonder how true that – is. I don't, I don't know what you guys think about that, but today's uh, T Mac's 41st. Let's kick it off with that. Oh,
0: happy birthday, T Mac. My favorite post Jordan basketball player. How about that?
1: Yes. One of the yeah. most underrated. I think he's the most underrated superstar, superstar. of the yep. post Jordan era. Why do you think that how is? How great? Because he didn't win.
0: Well, th- didn't he have the 13 points in 30 seconds for Houston, where he like stole the boot yeah. of the inbound twice and just?
1: <laughs> I mean, the guy was just an absolute animal. Yeah. And he's, you know, I think Chris Paul is going to get that kind of treatment too, about 15, 20 years from now. But T-Mac, to me, yeah. is the most underrated superstar post-Jordan era.
2: Well, I think what burned T-Mac was, didn't he? One of his last years in Houston, didn't he guarantee that they would get out of the the <clears throat> first round of the West? And they went to seven against whoever they went to seven against, and then they lost. And that was with Gal.
0: It might have been. And then they finally. It was the next year following that that he had the microfracture surgery, and they got out of the first round without him. Yeah. It, it was just. It was a really just he. Yeah, he had some snake bitten years between injuries, injuries I mean. and. You know, sometimes it's so. Sometimes things just happen though. We're. You know, we we, we talked about the, the mid-2000s, 8-1 first upset of the Mavericks getting beat by the Golden State Warriors with Baron De- Davis and Jason Richardson on this squad. No one thought that Mavericks team was losing to anybody. Mm-hmm. And they got ousted in the first round. Things happen.
1: Remember, too, as, as T-Mac picked the, the Orlando Magic over the Bulls, um, they – you know, he signed with Grant Hill thinking Grant Hill was going to be that guy you know, still right, and Grant Hill was was had a catastrophic injury that took him years to come back from. And that would have been yeah. a squad had uh, had Grant stayed healthy.
0: Yeah, Grant yeah. was Grant was on on a unbelievable pace. Would, be something special. I don't know if you guys
2: would agree, but speaking on Grant, he along with T Mac and I imagine some other guys too, like underappreciated, forgotten, just because of not the talent level, but just the fact that. He, had, he battled so many injuries. He was an all-star before it,
0: well, you can his body do, broke you, on him. You can and, talk about that with everybody. I mean, it's, it, it's happened to, it happened to Baron Davis to an extent. People forget how good Baron was. People forget how good
2: – Brandon I mean, Roy.
0: Brandon Roy. People forget how good to an extent how good little Penny was.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, Penny was a hell of a player. Like, but he's the, he's the what if. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. that's probably going to happen to Rose in the next 10, 15 years mm-hmm. where he's going to be the great what if.
2: It was kind of cool, though, to see like Grant Hill have some su- success with the Suns at the end of his career, and
0: yeah, with their just- magical medical
2: staff. Yeah, maybe the bullshit get on that. Speaking of medical, now before we get into the medical stuff, we'll get, we'll get that. We'll we do have some sad news: uh, Jerry Sloan passed away, and uh, <clears throat> for those, you know, it, it's kind of interesting because not a lot of people forget, but. He was most infamously the first Bull, he and Norm Van Leer. And that yeah, backcourt number duo. Number four is retired. Yep. And they were they were a really freaking good team. So when people say the Bulls weren't anything before Jordan, well, not technically true because that team with was Sloan and Van Leer. And I forget, Ross, maybe you Man. know a little bit more about who was on that team. Uh, they were really fucking good.
0: Yeah, they were good. I think Rigger Artis was on that team too. The, yeah, Norm Van Leer,
1: Card- uh, Jerry Sloan. And you have Bob Love as well. Love.
0: Yeah, and, and I believe Artis Gilmore was a part of that squad.
1: And Artis Gilmore as well, yep.
0: So they had a really good team. Artis Gilmore's one of the best centers to ever play basketball. Like, And while we're on that team, it's a crime. They haven't retired Storm and Norm's number yet.
2: So I have a, I have a quick – I don't know if you ever guys have ever met Norm or ever met Norm. Uh, he, uh, he passed away, unfortunately, before I started at uh, Comcast Sportsnet, which is now NBC Sports Chicago. But – Uh, About 10 years ago, my dad uh, is a chief engineer in television. He used to do freelance work. That's how I got started in the industry. And we went out to Western Illinois for a game and he was doing color commentary. He had no idea who I was, no clue. So I go, I get asked to go down to the floor to to put up some lights for a a halftime hit with uh, the talent. So I'm sitting there and I'm kind of watching and stage, stage managing. And all of a sudden this guy like rests his like forearm on my shoulder and like leans up against me and i look over and it's norm i was like holy shit that's norm van lear he goes how are you i was like i'm good norm how are you and, I, and we just started talking about like the uh, this was at the time with the baby bulls with gordon dang and, and heinrich i think ben wallace was on that team too yeah he was, he was a like, studio good. analyst at comcast at that point and he had no idea who i was and he just came over and talked to me and that moment st- stuck with me so when he passed away i was like man it's like it, it, the whole Maya, Maya, Maya Angelou angelo quote right you people forget mm-hmm. what you say and what you do but they'll never you'll, you'll never forget how they made you feel and they, that day he made me feel like i was somebody and i was a nobody and that was that was my norm yeah
0: we we day. have a couple of really cool athletes in this city like that like i've heard nothing but awesome things about anyone that ever interacted with norm especially later in his life like your story, joe that he couldn't have been a kinder sweet man to anyone and, I mean, not to get too off topic, but I guess Doug Buffon was the same way. Because I remember when I was, like, eh, probably 12 or 13 years old, they did a, you know, a score on, you know, on on whatever, on location. And they were at a little sports bar out in Joliet where I just moved to. And it was him and Hub doing – it might have been around draft time, I want to say. But Doug took a break, and he saw I was, like, the youngest guy at this bar with my dad. And he literally – he – beelined for our table and he sat there and he talked football with us his whole like 10-12 minute commercial break just to me because he like and that made an impact on me like I that's my only interaction ever with Doug but you know you hear these stories after he passed away on the score and stuff and just the kind of stuff that he was made of and just how how nice a guy he was from every story you heard so that's kind of cool that you had that story with with Norm because I've heard nothing but similar stuff about him
2: it was, it was, he and uh, Johnny died the same day. Red, yeah, geez, yeah, that rocked. Uh, like I said I wasn't working there at the time, but you know, they still that day still talked about whenever the anniversary comes up of their passing, and it still rocks everybody who did work there. And even though people who didn't, the impact that Johnny Red had on like Bulls Nation as a whole, as an announcer, and as a wasn't coach.
0: he the first Bulls head coach as well? Johnny and Red,
2: I, if my I memory serves me Bulls. right, uh, he actually. It's funny, that we're kind of getting into Bulls' history a little bit here, but uh, Johnny never wanted to play basketball. He actually had to be persuaded to play basketball. And now it where he kind of came up. But I think he might have been reluctant to take the Bulls' head coaching job, too. So it's just interesting how – Wow. Did not
0: realize he went to Tilden High. New Chicago boy. Yep. Threw and through.
2: Yep. So, you know, Bulls do have some really rich history before – not really rich history, but they do have some some good history before – the dynasty bulls and Jerry Sloan and norm and Bob love and Art Gilmore were a part of that. And they're kind of forgotten because I believe I think Jason Goff tweeted it out. They were in the Western conference finals. One of the years uh, before they moved over to the East and you know, I just, uh, and Jerry's going to go down as one of the greatest. I don't know you guys would agree, but one of the greatest coaches of all time and Jordan denied him one, if not two rings. And
0: yeah. Yeah. That's a, Tragic, especially with the way he went out with you know Alzheimer's and dementia or whatever. I forget what he actually had, but it was like Parkinson's and dementia, I want to say, is what he was suffering from.
1: Also, though, like, I mean, you know, super consistent jazz team for like a decade straight, like, they were just in like the second round Western Conference Finals, NBA Finals for like 10 years straight. Like, I mean, I think people forget, like, you know, Stockton and Malone were really fucking durable players. They played like... Every game, ten, every yes, year. Yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, Carmelo was a freaking tank. You know, he's a complete asshole, you know, off the court <laughs> with some, some issues there. But on the court, I mean, the guy is, I think he's the second or third, you know, most points in NBA history. Like, just because yeah. he played every freaking game.
0: And Stockton, I think, is like running away. I think he still runs away with all the assist records. I only assist, anyone comes yes. close to him
1: yes and those two guys i mean it was it was pick and roll Stockton malone pick and roll pick and roll pick and roll like like non-stop. yeah like the, for
0: for my generation the the pick and roll i remember was amari and nash but that was yes. the one that like was the mm-hmm. first pick and roll i remember people talking about
1: yep it was it was automatic man it was automatic so with that, with that jazz team
2: kind of pivoting into uh, The Last Dance, we're only going to talk The Last Dance. This time, I know we said last week, we we're only going to talk The Last Dance for five minutes and it extended to like 20 minutes. <laughs> we're actually going to only talk The Last Dance for about five minutes or 10 minutes. Uh, like overall thoughts on the show, we don't have to go too in depth, but what's your main takeaway from the, let's, let's call it what it was, the MJ series? Um. I think
0: the I forget the 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 guy's name who produced it off the top of my head, but um, the executive producer he made uh, other ones as well. I, Jason, Jason I here, one.
1: Jason here,
0: yeah, Jason here. He is awesome at what he does. You can definitely tell this doesn't get the go ahead. Go ahead without Jordan's consent. He let some things out that you didn't expect, but it was definitely, you know, there was some stuff that they could have probably delved into more. They just didn't. But I enjoyed like the stuff on Steve Kerr. We got, I enjoyed, you know, the, the Jordan jamming in the back of the bus, which now has become my favorite Twitter account of Jordan jamming to random songs, but it it was really well done. It was really nice to kind of have Chicago at the center of the sports universe there for what was it? Five weekends. And so, it do- Chicago news, sports news, and stuff dominated a month and some change just because of the docu series. So it was really, and it was really cool to re- relive things I remember seeing when I was seven and eight years old. Because I, <laughs> you know, you can only remember so much.
1: I was going to say the seven or eight minutes from the Steve Kerr stuff was some of the best uh, seven or eight minutes out throughout the whole documentary. It was outstanding. As you see why. Steve Curry is the guy that he is, uh, you know, from his father and the history and stuff like that. Um, you guys ready for my pizza take?
0: I was going to say, do you know – I was actually going to tee that up for you, Ross. I was going to say, you know what else we learned? Jordan yes. ate the pizza. He, he ate, ate the, the whole, whole, pizza. whole pizza.
1: Yep. <laughs> so here's, here's my pizza take, okay? Michael Go Jordan was not poisoned by that pizza place. They, he said in the documentary he spit on the pizza, right? So nobody else would eat it. He actually spit tobacco back on the pizza because he smoked all, he was smoking cigars at the time, which is toxic. And then he consumed the tobacco from the cigar in the pizza and got sick off of it.
0: Ah, okay. You know, that's viable, especially because guys like Jordan that are, yeah, but there are. if you've ever been around a real cigar smoker, they chew on them, they chomp on them to try to like moisten it. It's weird. Like, I, I'm a cigar smoker myself, but I'm not one that's chewing on it.
1: Mm-hmm. But, you but don't, you're you not that, supposed to inhale the smoke.
0: You're not you supposed to inhale, swallow right? Swallow
1: anything. He swallows mm-hmm. saliva, tobacco saliva from the cigar, and he got sick off of it. That's my theory. It's not completely out of the realm of possibility. Because
2: it's like when you if anybody's ever dipped before, if you, you know, for the first time or second time, if you swallow swallow it, you know, you get sick, right? And no, I I buy it.
0: I I actually think that's a really good working theory, Ross. You just have no way of proving it.
1: Yep. I also (laughs) don't buy Tim Grover's, you know, it's one of those things like over the years maybe two guys showed up at the door delivering pizza and like it stretches to like five guys. There's no way five guys showed up. Five guys is out. a delicious
0: burger though.
1: It is. They got great fries.
0: They do. Chipotle. It's a conspiracy
1: fries. That, that five guys got out of the pizza business and entered the <laughs> burger business to cover up the fact that they poisoned Michael Jordan. <laughs> <laughs> this segment is sponsored by Five Guys Burger and Fries.
2: No, I'm just kidding. We don't actually have sponsorships. But we don't. no no I that's the
0: five guys I was
2: cause I was thinking Ross, I was like Food poisoning, uh, I, he wasn't hung over. That, that entire – I think – who started that? J, did Jalen kind of just pick that up nationally as like a mainstream and said – that? Oh, on
0: like his little Jalen and Jacoby show?
2: I don't th- – this dude, yeah, he has stories about him drinking with Jeremy Roenick before games and playing golf and, you know, the betting against Roenick and then dropping 45 to make people lose money. Yeah, there's those stories, but you're telling me before games – whatever. What, what game was it, the food game? Game – Three or four?
1: Six. Yeah. Six. No, I'm sorry. Game five. Game five.
2: Game five. Um, you're telling me that he went out drinking and partying before a finals game? I, I don't. I mean, it. I wouldn't put it past
1: him. Listen, he might. He might. This is the guy that showed off to Atlantic Pett. City during the Eastern Conference uh, finals.
2: Or he just ate some really bad. Where'd he get? What What pizza did he get? P- I, think, I thought it was Pizza Hut. Pizza, pizza Hut. Hut. That, yeah. Late night Pizza Hut in Utah. I mean, if. I don't know what his diet was either. I don't know if he ate like shit, but if he doesn't, you know. If he's healthy, <laughs> I don't think has-
0: Mike, I think Mike did what he wanted diet wise because he just outworked everything he ever put in his system.
2: <laughs> the, the exception to the rule type.
0: I mean, they exist. Unfortunately, we are the exist. exception
2: to most rules. I don't yes. know what those rules are though.
0: I don't, I, I was going to say, buddy, I don't know what you're getting at, but we're you're doing either. your best.
2: <laughs> uh i guess my main takeaway again i i had the privilege of watching it with my dad i don't know if you guys watch with anybody or if you watch by yourselves but i watched, I watched like, it with
0: my fiance awesome yeah it was fun she she initially did, honestly did not want to watch it that's why i was recording it and then it became something she actually really enjoyed watching after the first weekend
2: so
0: it was really cool actually
2: and watching love- it with somebody you kind of um we know a lot about Jordan and his history, and the, when they recap stuff, it was like, yeah, it was kind of cool to see it again, but a lot of stuff we already knew. And to watch my dad not know some of the stuff, so especially when I could see it coming, I was like, all right, this is going to come, and he wasn't ready for it, and this, he was either blown away by it or he had no idea. And, but he actually watched Jordan too. So to, get, to have that kind of mesh of experience, right and memory versus learning something new was pretty awesome to watch and i could just at the end of the documentary uh it was like 5 minutes left he goes when they wrap this thing it was during the break he goes when they wrap this thing i'm going to be pissed when i find out um when it's over right the like the dynasty you're you're happy and then you're also pissed off because of how it ended and that's how and he's, he felt he's still about pissed it. that he didn't get 7
0: like
1: yeah but you know what though I, I don't, as a as a Bulls fan and somebody that that remembers that, they wouldn't have won the next year. Because well, I mean,
0: I, just like I've heard the stories that there there was no there was never going to be an eight peat even if Jordan never retired.
1: Correct. Right. They were worn out. Yes. That's a lot forget. of. Yeah. Yeah. I think people forget. Like they had the ninety eight game six of of the ninety eight finals on the other day on ESPN. People forget. Listen. Pippen's back was gone. Rodman was a complete train wreck mentally. Like, it was all Michael Jordan doing all the heavy lifting. There's no way he would have been able to sustain that that next season. And remember, this was a strike-shortened season. So they were playing, like, four games in five nights. Like, they were – the schedule was insane. Insane. There's no way that they would have been able to hold it together. They would have had to replace Rodman. Because he was mentally gone. Remember, Dennis Rodman is out the league like a year later. He signs with like the Mavericks and the Lakers, and then he's gone. He that's it. He was yeah. literally done. You go watch it in Game Six. Karl Malone did whatever he wanted against Dennis Rodman, and Pippen on well, I mean, a bad back. Yeah. I mean, the Bulls. The Bulls had nobody. Tony Kukoc couldn't play defense. He was a scorer, but he couldn't play defense there's no, there's no way they would have been able to beat like the Knicks or or the Pacers. And, and it's definitely not that Tim Duncan Spurs team, with Dave Robinson.
2: It's so, the idea that they didn't get the opportunity. I think that's what it comes back to. Sure. that You didn't that's, get to defend that crowd. No, you knocked us off the hill. Another team didn't knock us off the hill. And yeah. I think that's for me, I agree with you because even though it's a, a shortened season, they probably don't want it. It's just, you'd like to see their careers or their dynasty arc end at the hands of another team not by your own organization and that's what kind of so us my out.
0: i guess my final takeaway or my favorite moment actually of the jordan documentary outside of the steve kerr stuff because that's some of the honestly like ross kind of touched that's some of the best sports documentary stuff you're ever going to get and it was such a condensed little five or six minute area but for me, the game, I think it was game four against the Utah Jazz when they, and, and on the six, on the quest to the six when they ran them off the floor, like they won by 40 points or something like that, I was at my grandmother's house for that game with my mom and dad. I was seven years old, obviously, because I was born in August of 90, but I vividly remember watching that game in the back room with my grandmother and... My dad walked in after, like, he went out to, like, he went out to the store or something, but I vividly remember him walking in and just go going, with two minutes left in the half, this game's over. My dad walked back in with, like, two or three minutes left in the half, and I vividly just remember him saying the game was over, and Ross can speak to it more than I can, obviously, of when that team pretty much got a lead of that magnitude, it wasn't going away.
2: Like yeah,
0: I, I I I can't speak to it. I never I don't really remember much of it, but that that game where they run the jazz off the floor in the finals is one of the first memories of sports I remember watching
1: with the Here's here's the comp to it is the 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 twenty seventeen Warriors are the closest thing I've seen to when they want to turn it on, they can just blow you the fuck out. And there's nothing yeah. that you can do about it. Like They'll go on one of those runs. The Bulls used to come out of the – set, like, start a second half of games where you just, like – the game would be close at halftime and you just knew the Bulls were going to, like, put up the pressure and, like, turn up the pressure and just step on your throats and just, like, go get you and, and go on one of these, like, 15 to, to two runs or something like that. And they used yeah. to do it defensively. Like, imagine Scottie Pippen, who is 6'8", but has the wingspan of, like, Shaquille O'Neal – and Michael Jordan, who's 6'6 and long. And these guys would pick up, like, Gary Payton and John Stockton, like, full court. Like, you don't see LeBron James play full court basketball or, or Kevin Durant or any of these guys or Kawhi Leonard. Um, the, you know, the two biggest stars the Do- in the, the game. The Doberman
0: defense, I think, is what they coined it. Yeah, they were I, playing full yeah.
1: court, like, defense. And that was just suffocating. And the Warriors were the only other team I've ever seen that can do something like that. We're just like, all right, you know what's coming, and there's nothing. Well, oh, and the Warrior,
0: just because the Warriors are so recent, they it felt like no lead was safe with them. Like you would be up thirty, and you're like, well, you still don't feel like you're safe against them.
2: And they, I think they would they would test it too. Yeah, they would. It, I think I think that's good, that sometimes. Do you think we can get down by fucking twenty tonight and come back <laughs> and then in the fourth? Well, and it's kind of to a different
0: sport. That's kind of how the Chiefs feel right now. How big a lead do you need on the Chiefs before it's before you feel safe?
1: Uh, more than ten points. <laughs> <laughs> more than
0: twenty points. That's what Houston had on them, right? Twenty-one points, twenty-four oh, points, of like ball. that. That's that's Arlington Heights' finest, my friend.
1: I still can't believe they lost this Super Bowl. But I digress. <laughs>
0: Ross sounds like he lost some 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 cash on that Super Bowl. <laughs>
1: yes, I did. <laughs> hey, it was your, I told you not to pick uh,
2: the Niners, man. We were uh, – Ross, uh, myself, and a couple of his buddies were at uh, – they,
1: they had, had a 10-point lead with five minutes left in the game, and they had the football.
2: <laughs> Once Jimmy G missed that fucking throw, you kind of just oh. felt uh, it was over. The
0: When, uh, when Jimmy <laughs> missed that throw, the win just – was out of the sales, but we're a basketball podcast. We can do b- football some other time.
1: <laughs> yes, yes. But yeah, I mean, you know, the, as as we kind of recap the last dance a little bit, um, I I think I put it as the third best sports documentary I've ever seen. Um, I still have the OJ documentary number one, just because OJ Simpson made that America. That was yeah, that was like no holes bar. Like you know, the 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 thing about the Jordan thing was because you had so much of his thumbprint on it, they didn't really... Mm -hmm. You know what I'm talking about. They didn't really get into... That's kind of what I
0: was getting at earlier. Like There was some stuff you knew they weren't going to delve too much into because Jordan had to approve it.
1: Yeah. Uh, And the OJ thing is like, fuck OJ. He probably is a murderer, so we're just going to go all the way in.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Anytime someone brings that up, I, I think of the movie The Longest Yard when Chris Rock's character goes... Shut up. OJ cut, chopped his wife's head off and still got some ass. <laughs> and the
1: other, and the other documentary to me is, uh, is when we were Kings, which came out in the late nineties, which is uh, about Muhammad Ali and Muhammad Ali and Michael Jordan are the two to me, like biggest athletes that like transcended sports. Like those were like global icons, you know, above the sport that they played. Yeah, and so if you've never seen when we were Kings go out and watch I'll that. I'll probably it's go phenomenal. watch
0: that. Cause I love boxing too. So, I'm sure I'll love it.
1: I think it's easy
2: for me to call this doc the greatest of all time because I'm a Bulls fan. And I try to relive MJ's glory days as much as possible. I'll go down the rabbit hole like once every couple months on his videos. And so it's. And and it plays plays it.
0: Rabbit hole every day.
2: Yeah, every day. Every day. I know you do. Poudini, man.
0: Yeah, man, you 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 pull up the Derrick Rose Invincible mixes, and you just cry and ball your eyes out. It's great. I do.
2: I do. <laughs> it's like the the Wolverine gift uh, gift gif with him with a picture, <laughs>
0: petting the picture, petting <laughs> the picture. That's,
2: that's me with Derrick Rose. Uh, but it's yeah, it's easy. It's easy for me to say, you know, this is the greatest doc, just because it plays into the fandom.
0: And yeah, it panders to us. It I like panders to what us. What I like
2: though is y- you kind of see how Jordan transcends just bulls fans and how much big of an icon he was because with, I always look for like media takes and stuff like that. in the timeline, I know what Ross, you were live tweeting throughout the entire thing, which is really cool. Like the amount of people that were just like that, that just reaffirmed Jordan's like legacy and his greatness was, was pretty cool. And whether it was uh, like World Wide Wob on Twitter or some of the ESPN reporters, NBA.com reporters, um, to see kind of their reacts and just like they're just being blown away by him was kind of a cool thing to, to watch. It's kind of stepping outside of your, your Bulls fandom and just the respect that he garners. Obviously, you know, he's got six titles, so it's going to happen, but it's just it's bigger than that. And it, it, I'm, just, I'm dumbfounded that this man was the first ever global sports icon to this level. Like, to this level, right? From business to, to Encore to, Mar- to all that. And he did it with zero fucking plan. Like, he, like Dan said, he didn't want to sign with Nike. Like, this was just organic. And <laughs> he didn't have a crew. He didn't have a posse. He didn't have anybody who blazed a trail before him to oh, do
0: this. And he found said a way to- What? The other part of the Last Dance documentary that kind of touched me, being that my uncle is a cop his security guy that was the Chicago police officer that became like the second father figure to him. That was very touching, actually.
2: It made Jordan kind of human, right? A little bit.
0: Yeah. it, it, It humanizes him. Exactly. And that's something I think we all want to see from our stars. We want to see the, the things that make them human, like rest his soul. You know, that scene where Kobe's on the Lakers sideline with, with Gigi and he's, pointing out the, the things to the game with her, but he's smiling and laughing that humanized the Mamba, you know, that made Kobe a person, you know, and it was like, it was so, it, I think we were also taken aback by seeing that, that when you see something like Jordan with, I forget the cop's name off the top of my head. I do apologize. But seeing that where he's got this secondary father figure that essentially replaces his dad in a sense, and he's able to, you know, trust in him. I think he, at, when he was diagnosed with cancer, he was even going to like the treatments and stuff with this guy because he meant so much to Michael. And he paid all of his medical bills. And I he think. paid all his medical
2: bills, that yeah. was what Rachel Nichols reported. Or somebody, yeah. either Ramona or, or Rachel Nichols reported that.
0: So that was a very cool little story built into the final few episodes as well.
2: Yeah, I... Um, I just it exceeded my expectations. I already had high expectations. I mean, I'm going to rewatch it multiple times, probably.
0: Sure, you will. Very, Should very be on
2: soon. And I'm going side- to sidecast that with Derek Rose. <laughs> I was going to say,
0: how many times have you watched the Derek Rose documentary from Stadium?
2: <laughs> uh, Twice, actually, three times. We had two uh, screens of it before it came out, which is pretty cool. So we got to see the doc before the doc, and we had a little town hall meeting, and they yeah. were asking questions about what we thought of it, and. But even so, back to kind of tying in Derek real quick, and then we'll move on to other stuff. Um, the humanized aspect of it, when people say that he didn't care about Chicago, when he got traded, uh, then they got that on video. That was one of the most surreal moments, for me at least. And again, I'm, I'm a Bulls fan, so it's going to mean more to me. Because, and you're
0: a Derek Stan.
2: And a Derek, Derek Stan, it's, it's going to mean more to me. But I, when's the last time you got video of a guy, I just found out he's getting traded from his hometown like that and just breaking down outside and then going back upstairs and like continuing to do the doc and kind of channeling everything that was inside of him. So it did mean a lot to him. And I think that aspect humanized Derek and it's just unfortunate that you didn't get to see all that much of him in that light because he was protected by his brothers and you know, the people that got him out of trouble and kept him out of trouble and kept him from pretty much getting killed in Inglewood are the same people he trusted with his brand and everything else almost too much instead of being his own man. And that's going to be, and down the road, maybe we'll get into some Rose stuff. um, But it's just, it's kind of tragic in a sense too. We
0: just need a 10 part pod series on Nate Robinson. That's what we need.
2: No. Damn it. (laughs) No. Damn it. Vito but yeah, that's kind of my, my thought on it. Uh kind of switching gears real quick. Let's see. I said we'd go five minutes on the last dance. We went eighteen. Eh, we, the did best. we did our best. We did our best. That is our that's the slogan for our podcast. We we do our best. Um switching gears to some bulls news. Uh this kind of plays into to Ross and Dan strengths being medical training guys. Uh Jeff Tanaka, his contract <laughs> was not renewed and for those who don't know if you don't jeff tanaka was the head trainer for the bulls for a while he was the understudy for fred tedeschi who was with the bulls for a long time then ended up taking over his contract was not renewed we were talking offline about this kind of this week what are your initial reactions because chip who's who's the head guys chip schaefer no
1: no no no. chip schaefer is still there
0: yeah i was gonna say chip schaefer i'm almost positive
2: is still there
1: yeah, he guys oversees take, the whole thing. From the, Chip away? was from the Jordan years too. Chip has been there forever.
0: Yeah, Chip, I I don't think he's leaving unless he wants to leave. That
1: loyalty, him. right?
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, he's also he also is good at his job. Like <laughs> it's you just don't hear about him. I I don't think it's not like it's hard when you're a strength and conditioning coach for basketball because you're not like football strength and conditioning coach were being big and strong and burly is part of the game. It's, it's not... That's not really that way in basketball. Like, we know who the really well-thought-of strength and conditioning coaches are in the NFL. And the biggest one you hear most players who actually played under him or got coached by is Rusty Jones. Because Rusty changed the game. Who do we know in basketball? We know the personal guys they work with. Not the team guys. We know... You know Tim Grover, guy Goat. that we know, because mm-hmm. he's trained Dwayne Wade, he's trained uh, uh, Michael, he trained Kobe. He he's trained the who's who of NBA stars. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it's just a little different in basketball. So I don't think he's going anywhere unless he really just decides I'm done.
1: Yeah, and Chip's kind of like the kind of like the general manager side of the the uh, the the athletic uh, the the medical and, and strength and conditioning side. You know, my thoughts on Jeff Tanaka are, I, I, I think Jeff's a good guy. I'm pretty sure he's really good at his job. Um, but they probably wanted a little bit of a change from from that standpoint. Um, but at the end of the day, it's, it's a philosophy thing. Like, you can't put any of the Bulls' past injuries on Jeff Tanaka. Uh, because, number one, you don't know what the organizational philosophy is around um, training, around strength and conditioning around diet around recovery around how fast we want our guys to come back or, or 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 you know do we slow them down a little bit so are you thinking it's more an optics thing than ross i i do i do yeah. um and and also sometimes guys just fucking get hurt <laughs> you know what i'm saying like yeah I,
0: like unfortunately with Derek, i think Derek was just too big too strong too fast to stacy would say his body couldn't handle it
1: yeah and he was a he was a weird athlete in terms of like you know, he was very twitchy in the way he would kind of like, you know.
0: He needed you know. to work on his walking game. Yes. He yes. absolutely did. He did. He, he, it's he walked on.
1: Yes, it's the problem that, that I, you and Dan, we've talked about with Zion Williamson and, and, and how <laughs> That's one of my weird.
0: favorite Twitter exchanges of all oh, time. Oh, <laughs> God.
1: I get so pissed off with people that try and tell me what, I, what, what they think that I do or don't know. I, I, I might not know a lot about things, but I know about a lot about this field. Um, but yeah, I mean, sometimes guys just get hurt, you know, like Dwayne Wade was an athlete he, he, he's, he's been on record saying that he, he had to change his diet and he had to change the way he fell on the ground because, you know, post, uh, when he tore his meniscus, he was like, I can't keep doing this. I'll be out the league in two years. And he did. And he ended up having a very long and, and lasting and, and great career. And, and unfortunately, Derek didn't make those adjustments and that's why he got hurt. Um, and that's why, you know, a lot of guys, a lot of NBA guys get to where they are off of sheer, just like athleticism and skill. And a lot of guys don't really work on it in terms of the the training and the recovery until they get like into their late twenties. A lot of times they're too late. You saw in the, in the last dance documentary, Michael Jordan didn't start lifting weights until like the second time the Pistons beat him. He's like in the league seven or eight years at that time. Like, and he's like, "Oh, well, maybe I should start picking up weights." NBA, NBA guys just don't do that. Um, so, circling back to to Tanaka thing, I, I think it's they just want to go in a different direction, get a new voice in there, and I think it's it's just a trend for what you'll see coming forward, for, for you know, in, in terms of yeah. uh, throughout the whole organization. You just want to like, you just need a new, you know, a new voice in there, and and that's fine. Doesn't mean Jeff's bad at his job. It's just time to move on. Yeah, it happens.
0: I think you're probably right. The optics thing, especially with the medical staff and everything, when you you know you, the story of Luol Deng near, knocking on death's door and staff infection, the, the Derek things with like Derek come back. Well, even God'll, God'll tell me when I'm coming back. Or yeah.
1: even the Otto Porter thing was weird. And, yeah, the Otto Porter and Lowry's thing was weird with his hip.
0: Yeah. This yep. year, like, yep. it was, there's been a lot of weirdness behind it, and I think you're probably right. I don't think Tedeschi is bad at his job, mm-hmm. if I'm being completely honest with you. You don't get to that level and be bad at your job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: But, you know, it's an optics thing. Players talk. You know, it's the same thing as to why we're all in agreement on this podcast that Boylan does not stand a chance of getting through this season. There's no chance. It's an optics thing. Players yep. are clowning your coach. Other coaches hate your coach. Players talk, man. There's no way that they're seeing this. Like, look how they handled all-star Lual Deng. Look how they handled Derek. Look how they're handling Lowry. Look how they're handling
2: these guys. No, I, I 100% think the NBA stars in today's game are, through the back channels, just they are the most. The bit the, bit they are the, they are the most empowered
0: players in the world. And they're chomping, at of, the,
2: they're chomping at the bit to play for Jim Boylan, no doubt. They're just watching his <laughs> press conferences, and I can't fucking wait to play for this guy. <laughs> I can't <laughs> wait to punch that time clock. If you have no
1: sarcasm detector, that was sarcastic. So speaking you, of yeah. speaking of Jim Boylan here, as we kind of like get to our, our our last little bit, right? Like, what do you think about the possibility of the the Orlando bubble situation, the Bulls potentially being one of those Park. teams in that like other tournament, you know, team. It's it's like the short bus tournament. Um I don't know if that's PC, if that's politically correct. Um (laughs) I think Ross wins our quote of the day. (laughs) (laughs) Short
0: bus tournament.
1: (laughs) We're doing our best. The losers bracket. Um
0: I don't want them to play.
1: No. But, like, the owners have to – they have to somehow, some way try and get to that 70-game threshold or else they have to give back a lot of that TV revenue money that they don't want to give back, you know. So, you know, the Bulls were at 65 uh, games before the season ended. They might have to somehow, some way play an extra five games or play in this little – uh, mini side tournament to get to that level, which means – You know what's going to happen, again, And it can mess up their lottery chances.
0: That, that, I, mean, I was going to say, you know what's going to happen. They're going to go like four and They're
1: going to win. Yeah, they'll win the whole thing.
0: Yeah, because Lowry's healthy.
1: Yes.
0: Wendell's healthy. Otto's healthy. Otto's healthy. Zach's pissed. Zach's and pissed. And Boylan's going to dig up whatever small coaching chops he has, and they're going to go like five and oh and four and one.
1: <laughs> and
0: <laughs> they're going to fucking go from seventh in the lottery to oh, – Thirteenth. Thirteenth, yeah.
1: Yes, but they'll uh, they'll and get. And then a, you're definitely
0: assured, Tyrese Halliburton.
1: They'll get a losers' bracket trophy that they can hang next to the summer league championship.
0: Oh my God! Do you remember was, how excited was, they were over that summer league title? Oh,
2: they were so excited. I was I was working that night, and I was uh, <laughs> I was producing with uh, one of my editors, and we were in a room, uh, like working on some new show stuff, and we got the we were given the summer league championship highlight. And for a meaningless game, the hype me and my buddy felt when Denzel Valentine kept hitting those fucking shots was unreal. It didn't mean a damn thing. But I highlighted highlight it up be like two and a half minutes with a bunch of vo calls and gnats and shit. It was a lot of fucking fun. And then the, the picture of Denzel and Portis in the locker room afterwards with their trophy. It was like, they're like summer league fucking champ shirts being talked about. And it was like, it didn't mean a damn thing. But that's how low we were as a fan base. And Summer League champs.
0: My, how the mighty have fallen. 72 and 10 don't mean a thing without the ring, too. We're celebrating a Summer League championship.
1: Right. Uh, That was. (laughs) Who's the. uh, So so these guys are going to have to be quarantined in Orlando for like two and a half months. So who is the one player that you guys would want to be quarantined with? And then have you guys ever been to Disney World before?
0: I have. I have not, Say,
1: Where is the one place in Disney World you'd want to be quarantined at?
0: Okay. So, I I would probably be quarantined at Epcot because they have the beers of the world. Yes, good call. So, that's right. But who would I quarantine with? Oh, that's a hard question. Are we limiting this to Bulls or to anyone? Any current player. Any current NBA player. You know, it's It's cliche in a sense. I think I'd want to be quarantined with LeBron. I think he's a kind of an enlightened dude. And I think he'd be kind of interesting to talk to. Especially because he does have the football background as well. So you could talk football with him. You're not just limited to basketball. The other one, even though I think I'd run out of shit to talk to him with about, with him about probably 20 minutes in. Because Russell Westbrook hates talking about basketball. He's a dude whose interests off the floor, not what he does on the floor. He'd so he's very me. fashion and stuff. I think he'd be a kind of a neat guy to talk to.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, I don't know I... if he'd, uh, he, he'd accept your captain Morgan shirt in the house.
0: No, no, probably not. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: I need, Joe? I need to cut some holes through
2: the middle of it. Yes. Joe. Man, I'm, I'm, I'm dropping the ball. I've been racking my brain trying to think of, cause I'd want, I think I'd want somebody who's unfiltered. So my mind immediately goes to like Draymond. Yes. Uh, but I Draymond think that would be fun. I think i go – actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take Dan's second, second choice, Russ, just because he would be zero filter, and you'd get the truth. Uh, he, I, I Honestly, I, his mentality and how he plays, even though he should just slow the fuck down, he's never learned how to do that. But his attack mentality every time he plays is something I always appreciate about him because it just harkens back to those, those dog days, right, of guys who just want to rip your heart out when they play. He's that guy all the time and,
0: he, and, he, and he's the slap the floor defender guy i love those he dudes. gives zero fucks
2: <laughs> about anybody or anything other than trying to win and i always and sometimes he takes a little bit too far for sure maybe it's for attention but i, I always he's, thought he was authentic and he was real that guy's a loon he is but <laughs> i was love out to of
0: his damn mind and he i is, but love, I'd love to a, fucking yeah he's probably currently my favorite nba player to watch
2: it's he's never I fucking love learned if you ever learn to slow down if you ever learned how to, t- to navigate a fucking I'm sh- game?
0: I'm sure both of you will remember when they there were rumors surfacing that they were moving him from OKC. I was the first one, like,
2: get him here. Bro, the amount of Bulls fans – sorry, I raised my voice kind of because I got pissed off. Uh, the amount of Bulls fans <laughs> who didn't want him were like, he's. The, are you fucking kidding me? He's still a top 15, top 20 player. You don't he, want he, him? He's a, he's a stat patter. Get the fuck out of here. I'll take a stat patter any day. He's still good. So, Ross, what's your answer?
1: Mine would probably be, uh, give me a Chicago guy. So give me Pat Beverly.
0: Oh, that's a good call. Pat yes. Bev. With or without the workout
1: boots? That's with the workout boots.
0: With the workout boots, yeah.
1: And uh, I would want to be quarantined in the Haunted Mansion, which is a great ride at Disney World. It's an awful movie. It's, it's <laughs>
0: With Eddie Murphy.
1: It's a terrible movie with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> but it is one of the best rides at Disney World. So quarantine me uh, in the Haunted Mansion with Pat Beverly. Okay. I never. Or gave the Pirates of the Caribbean ride.
2: I've never given you – I didn't give you guys my location. I've never been there, so I have no idea. The the beers of the world I, sounds great. Yeah.
0: Um, Epcot just is where my mind went. It's not really a ride. Epcot's an area. Yeah. So – i guess I'd just put me in the beers of the world exhibit and I'm cool.
2: <laughs> I'd, I mean, I'll choose space mountain
1: just because I know space. Space mountain. Mountain's great.
0: The rock and roller coaster is awesome too.
1: Yes. They got a whole spa, star Wars park. Now that's just absolutely unbelievable. We were there last November. It's, it's unbelievable.
2: So what you're saying is we should have a three office trip to Disney world, to I, Disney world yeah. and recording from Disney world. It's, it's uh, it? as long it's as you put us in it's a small in
0: world. So we can just hear that on repeat all day. <laughs> that's what I need.
2: Or maybe we can infiltrate this dome idea in Orlando and we can actually do this and get like Russell and LeBron and p and get them on the record. What do you think? Do you think? Kind of, yeah. Yeah. I think Patrick Beverly actually would probably just hang
0: out with us if we got in touch with him. He seemed like that kind of guy.
2: Y'all from Chicago?
0: Yeah. And then he would – did you ever see the video of him playing pickup with kids in the – with kids at parks, he doesn't relent. He's the same dude with them that he is at the NBA. <laughs> he's like, I'm just going to eat your, eat you alive. It's fine.
2: Gets up to like three inches from their face and just like stares at him. Like claps.
0: A guy I would actually think is on a, on a retired note. I think white chocolate, Jason Williams would be an awesome dude to just hang out with for a while. Yes. I feel like the stories and the shit he's probably done in his life because he was at that, middle middling where before social media was where it was at and now like
2: he had the video on memphis with mike miller right in the locker room was that was that him do you guys remember that when he was like mm. he went off on a report i forget what the hell he said but he said something when he was with memphis and just was completely unfiltered about something and he <laughs> it pissed off a lot of people so yes i would uh i'd agree dan i um he was he awesome too. Like, God, I'm pissed I didn't think about Pat Dub because I, my,
0: the first three I went to were Draymond, LeBron, and and Russ.
2: Who is the all right? Let me flip it real quick before we wrap. Who's the one guy you wouldn't want to be with in quarantine?
0: Oh, <sighs> Tim Duncan, because he got the personality of a snail.
2: He's got to be a player. We're gonna go players only.
1: Current player. Current player.
0: Who's the Kawhi? <laughs> yeah,
1: really? he would just be so quiet. He wouldn't even say anything.
0: <laughs> he would just every so often look up. Hey,
1: what baby do, baby I just what I, do, baby I, I think I would like don't give me Damian Lillard cuz I don't want to fucking hear your bad rap music like I, I don't He's not to, that bad a rapper. <laughs> yeah, but I like I just want to hear actual rappers rap. Like I don't want to hear your fucking rap. Hear my music. new
0: Actually, he's got an awesome podcast. CJ McCollum's a really smart dude.
1: CJ McCollum's good.
0: I think he'd be a good one, too, now that I'm thinking about it. well, I was put on the spot, and I just was like, well, who would be good?
2: I think mine would honestly be LeBron, and it's just because I'd want to ask him about Jordan all the time. Why aren't you as good as Jordan? Why aren't you the greatest of all time? Why do you do this? Why do you he do would that? kill you. <laughs> Tell if he can't catch me. Uh, he can I'm, catch- sh- I'm shifty. I'm I'm agile. De-
0: Derek's one of the most agile point guards to ever live. And he locked Derek up pretty good in the finals, in the Eastern conference finals. I'm sneaky. <laughs> Very, sneaky. <laughs> Very sneaky.
2: Very sneaky. Sir.
0: Very sneaky. I like sneaky. that
2: question. Cause uh, I was trying to think of um, a question to ask you guys. So I like the, uh,
0: how about the quarantine just, question? The, how about just this one then? And I'll let it go. One random bull player that for whatever reason, just pops up into your memory. Cornell Davis. Like, he wasn't, cornell david
2: i have no idea for what i think my dad really thought he was gonna be really good in 1999
0: he didn't get really so good. when i really got like started understanding basketball and stuff that's when james on curry was drafted by the bulls in the second round and i thought james on curry because of his story at oklahoma state was gonna be like this awesome grab because he was just this troubled dude who was like
2: yeah, he's got all this talent, and then he was he, a fucking legend in North Carolina, man. In high school, wasn't? He, and didn't he do like? I don't even
0: think he ever played in an NBA game.
2: No. no,
1: the Bulls promised him that pick too. from yes. what I understand. Yep. How About some uh some Dolly Bar reach
2: Oh God, I've got <laughs> I've got a Dolly Bar Dragon Tarlock story. All right, <laughs> I was at Six Flags with uh, I think my youth group way back, and uh, Dolly and and dragon were on the, the team and we're walking around getting some ice cream and I look over and he's just two huge white bald headed dudes. And I look down the one guy fucking has an NBA sock on like a white sock with the NBA logo on it. And I was like, Holy shit. Dolly bar, Bargarice and dragon Tarlotch are at, uh, at six flags right now. And I believe that they were smoking if memory serves me right. So um, yeah, that's my, uh, that's my dolly bar nice dragon story nice all right so that is it for episode five. Oh, uh, happy
0: birthday Lowry Markanen my guy yep it was his birthday yesterday the finisher 23 years old
1: yes already has like a three-year-old it's, it's wild
0: god I, I I hope Jim Boylan didn't ruin him
1: no, there's 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 something there. There's still something there. I, I st- am <laughs> yeah, <I'm> still <laughs> I'm still holding on to my Larry marketing stock. I, I got it. And Ross, so, to be I real, I'm
0: surprised it. you didn't tell me you wanted to be quarantined with Bradley Beal. Honestly, that's true. That's that's, true. that's your guy right there. That is that's my guy. That's Ross's man. Fifty grand. Like, what if guy. the
1: net? What if
2: that rumor is true that the Nets are trying to get him?
0: I would be so pissed. Yes.
2: The That's fuck just, are they going to get rid of, like, and I'm not and name Bill Harris and so, Jared I'm Allen? I'm not
0: sure who the yes. idiot is in our Bulls chat that we share that doesn't want Bradley Beal in Chicago <laughs> if he's attainable. You don't want one of the premier scorers in the, in the league? Don't this don't is as good. dumb as not wanting Russell Westbrook. Stars get stars.
2: Yes. Get one. Yes. At any yes. cost. And Bradley Beal is fucking really good. He's a better version of Zach Levine. He's yes. what Zach Levine dreams about being. Yes,
1: and I actually think the two of them could play well together. Play
0: together, actually, yeah. You could put, yes. you could make Zach the lead. You could make Zach the one in that theory.
1: Yeah, just go go three guard with Kobe, Zach, and 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 Beal, and you're. Oh God, that's you're eight, that's 80 points right there.
0: You are gunning right there. That's Eighty points And right then Lau. God, poor Wendell's going to guard everybody.
1: <laughs> that's okay.
0: This <laughs> is optional. Just. No, I don't think Bradley's a bad defender though. I think he's just. Well, uninspired.
2: <laughs> I mean, plays for Washington, and he's.
0: And, but and, and I will say, Bradley Beal's got my favorite sports gif ever. When some fan is yelling at him, "You suck," and he just puts his hands on oh, his face yeah, yeah, yeah. and just gives him this stupid ass grin, like, "Really?" <laughs> oh God!
2: You boys I ready love- to rap? Yeah, yeah I just love yep. I love basketball in the NBA. Yep. So do I. I hope it come like uh we just got the news before the show dropped that New York is opening up all sports training camps starting tomorrow, which is May tw- uh 25th, which is And the
0: SEC in- is saying fuck quarantine in general. We're just we're yeah. we're having everyone here on June 6th to practice. Yes. To damn with your social distancing. Yeah.
1: They they do things different in the south. Man. <laughs> it means more. Yes.
0: Oh, when that's all you do. What is someone in Arkansas gonna do without Pig Suey? Let's be real here.
2: Is it Little Rock?
0: What about Big Rock?
2: Is there a Big Rock?
0: There might I think there's Big Rock Tennessee or something like that. I don't know. I don't think it's in Arkansas. And we also have old Rocky Top too. And we have Rock Chalk Jayhawk. I'm just I'm I'm rattling. You can just <laughs> you rough. can just go. <laughs>
2: All right, so that's, uh, that's been episode five. <laughs> oh, I'm just, idiot. I'm just not even going to acknowledge what Dan just said. That's it, um, that's it for episode. I can't even talk now. Thanks, I'm, ra- I'm fucking rattled. I'm rattled.
0: <laughs> you are Rex I'm, Grossman I'm, when the ball I'm is snapped. I'm Tom
2: alone in the NBA. F- no, I'm just kidding. Actually. You,
0: you are Mitch Trubisky the second the ball is snapped.
2: What? You said I'm, rattled. That means I need to turn off my monitor, right? just turn off all the screens all right uh that's it for episode five of the three office podcast my <laughs> name is joe uh dan is i don't yeah that's dan I'm hungover. I'm hungover. he's hung over it's an on. excuse uh and that's ross and we'll catch you all next week hopefully we have more news more nba news about them potentially starting up and maybe the bulls play maybe they don't maybe we wait till the 2020 season starts up but we're here for, for president jim boylan for president who's, who's his vp Cornel, Cornel Vinny,
0: David. Vinny, Vinny Del Negro,
1: Rusty LaRue,
0: Rusty LaRue and Tyron Lewis your secretary of defense mm-hmm. just so we can get stepped over.
2: That's a good podcast idea is to have like a cabinet, like of NBA players, like who would be your pre- president, secretary of state and stuff like that. So maybe that's a content idea for next time, but that's it for us. We'll catch y'all next week. Bye. The inbounds pass comes into Jordan. Here's Michael at the foul line.
0: A shot on Elo. goal The Bulls win! It! They win it! Michael Jordan hits it at the foul line. 1-100. Oh! to We oh, oh, stop
1: it! Stop it! it Did not up. do him like that! What are you doing, Dragons? Did you not get the memo? Derrick Rose can go upstairs. I want to go higher! Oh, my goodness. Rose. Rose crosses over the face. It's past deflected. Stolen by Noah. Noah on the runway. Noah with the right-handed gun. Counted the foul. I don't believe what I just saw. Here comes Chicago.
0: 17 seconds. 17 seconds from game seven or from championship number six. Jordan. Open. Chicago with the lead. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth. NBA championship.